Knowledge, episode 11. Uh, this episode's title is The Common Crutch. Yeah, The Common Crutch. You may kind of visual, visualize a person you know, walking around with a single crutch all your life. You imagine? I mean, there's somebody out there that probably does. Probably does. Um, but I mean, like, what, what if you didn't have to? I wouldn't want to. But people do. I would find a way just, not just, to. Just not, just not, in, the, not in the flesh. It's uh, more of a spiritual thing. You know, one of the things I uh, I see a lot everywhere, different, you know, whether it's in people in leadership or it's, uh, you know, or if it's people, um, you know, out and about in public is the uh, ability to want to take risk. Mm-hmm. Now, some risks are definitely not worth taking. I would say playing near a cliff at the edge is probably not a good risk, but. Been there, done that. Yeah. But, uh, Really where? So up in, no shout outs, but Hancock, Maryland, I uh, was running through this. There's a funeral home up there, and I was running through the woods. There's a long story to this, but I was running through the woods, and as I jumped this fence, uh, I was running down through the woods. We were, we were playing some kind of game I don't, with my friends years ago, and came to the edge of this cliff and stopped last second, and then I looked over the edge, and it was like a 400-foot drop. It would have been really bad. I would have died. That would have been... So, yes, I have played around cliffs. I don't recommend it. Definitely not a good risk. Yeah. No, that yeah. was not wise. Wow. Okay. Anyways, uh, more Squirrel. of the story. Don't play near cliffs. Um, <laughs> All right. See you next week. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anywho. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so but take, taking risk in life is uh, really a, a pivotal thing in, in to being human. I mean, we really have to take risk in order to get anywhere in this, uh, yep. in this world. Um, not all risks are, you know, with the price tag of being fatal, obviously, but, right. uh, but, you know, but, but different things, uh, have different results. You know, you, you, you take a risk on buying a, say, a used car, that car might not turn out too well, or it might be a great find. Like going to an auction, just auctioning with something. Yes. It's usually the most risky thing you could possibly do. When it comes to buying cars, definitely. Yes. And, you know, take somebody who knows what they're looking at, looking at when you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the you know but there there was what what would you do if you had to take a risk that actually may result in your death but it was either that or you continue to live the way you are well that would take uh making decision if the risk is willing so here's the thing do you want to live like the rest of your life uh would you rather suffer or would you rather take the risk of possibly dying but you don't have to live that way so it comes down to are you sick of this lifestyle are you sick of how life is right would, would you rather die yeah what would you rather be would, yeah. would you would you rather would you rather take the chance yeah it's, 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 if you're so sick of it you're probably going to do it yeah i mean people were, yeah when desperation sets in it, it's a it's a known thing that when desperation sets in a desperate measures kick in too yeah absolutely um you know and there was there 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 was a person in the Bible that we don't know we don't know the woman's name, uh, we don't know how old she was, uh, we just know that she had been suffering for over a decade, twelve years to be exact, of some sort of blood condition. Now this blood condition to kind of paint the picture, what it would do, it would make you uh, in those days could be considered ceremonially unclean. And with that said, you weren't allowed to touch nobody. To the literal sense, mm-hmm. we'd never get married. You'd be living in a world, you'd be living in isolation, basically just go away somewhere, you know, all by yourself, and just eventually die. 
Right. You're like a leopard. Yeah. I mean, almost like a leopard. And very, very, just just imagine how depressing of a life that would have been for 12 years of your life. Total rejection. Yeah. Complete rejection. Um, I mean, wow. So, but it, but then imagine that something comes along and says, and, and imagine if you you tried everything too. You've gone to every doctor. You tried every medicine. You've tried everything that is available. Yeah. Well, I would imagine if if you're treated like the scum of the earth, basically, and that you can't be involved in anything or anyone, you're going to be trying desperately to figure out how to fix this. Like that's going to be your number one goal. I would imagine if I was in, you know, her shoes, how do I make myself clean? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just absolute desperation sets in. Yeah. And, and and this is the sort of stuff that also leads people in the in the suicidal thoughts too, because mm-hmm. you just you're without hope. Yeah, I mean you're just totally without hope, and that is kind of painting the picture of what was happening in Mark, you know, chapter five, verses twenty four to thirty four, or yeah, twenty yeah, twenty four to thirty four, twenty five to thirty four. Yeah, I keep saying twenty four because it's actually a broken verse there. But anyways, we'll get back to that. Yeah. We'll um. The um. But the point is, is that, you know, that's what was going on with this lady. Jesus was on his way to Jarius' house because Jarius was about to, uh, his daughter, ironically, was 12 years old, was dying. Yeah. Um, so here you, here you have a daughter that's dying at 12 years old, and you have a woman that is living, but on her way to dying. And Basically, Mark is dead. Mark is dead. Yeah, you're just pretty much, yep, you're walking dead. And, I, I mean, I just, I just cannot imagine that kind of a life where it's that uh, isolated. Mm-hmm. And yet, you see everybody on a daily basis. You you see everything from a distance. The world's still running around you, but you're not allowed to be part of it. You know, and that's that was a society back then. Complete isolation. Yeah. Now I would like to say that that doesn't happen today, but it does. Oh yeah. You know, people. Um, we have our own. All of us in our own individual ways have some sort of crutch that may be holding us back from what God has for us for a better future. Um, we can't change what has happened. We can make a choice in the present, but the future really greatly depends what that choice is. And, you know, sometimes risk are worth it, you know, and yeah. you, and there's no way of knowing without trying. And th- this particular lady, you know, she, she heard about Jesus getting ready. He was coming to town. She heard about his miracles, heard about who he was. But at the same time, she knew that if she would be seen or knew that if she, uh, she anybody, anybody she touched, uh, you know, so it would would have been considered unclean at that point. It would have been it would cause a big problem. It's almost right. like a plague in a way. Basically, that's the way they treated Spreading it. disease. Yeah, that's how they, that's how they treated it. So another another unwritten thing about this particular scripture is that for her not to be known who she was as she's walking through this crowd, my guess is that she was wearing a cloak or she was you know hiding herself so that people wouldn't know who she was. Probably because there's no way she could walk through it and somebody had not recognized her. Right. Or, or saw the she hey, probably, she had to have her face covered. Something, yeah, yeah. I mean, she had to. So, so living in a world of disgrace, uh, shunned. I mean, I just can't paint the picture enough how low this woman had to be. Yeah. The next, the next thing I'll point out before we actually read the scripture is we don't know the age that she was, and I'm gonna point two possible scenarios here. The first, the first scenario is let's say that let's say this issue of blood happened whenever she became of age as a child. We'll say between ten and twelve years old, just for just for an average age range, mm-hmm. um, and let's say that issue of blood happened there, and she had all the way up to up to maybe twenty four years old. If that were the case, she would have lost her entire her entire childhood, the rest of her childhood, yeah. and, and as an adolescence, 
No, we're friends. I mean, again, which is it, horrible because that's half your life right there. I mean, how this woman made it through twelve years is is a testament in itself. Yeah, without committing suicide or something, or, right? Or so, somebody else killing her for you right know, urine clean. Yeah, so I mean, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is the people that are out there that are struggling through something. It's been a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and no one else understands because how long you've dealt with it. You know, right. it's never long. It's never been, but it's never too late to meet up with Jesus, and. That's what was about to happen here. Now, the other side of the story is maybe she wasn't a, a, a kid with this hat. Maybe she was a full-grown adult, okay? But maybe she she was getting ready to get married and or, or think about finding somebody to get married or you know, move on and create a family. She, she couldn't do it. Yeah. So that that was robbed and stolen from her. So which it, which causes more disgrace in those days. Yeah. Because she would be considered a barren woman. And basically couldn't have a life at all. Couldn't have a life. I mean, I don't think I can paint the, 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 the despair enough about what was going on with this person and what end of desperation she was at. Mm-hmm. Um, to her, I think she said, I think in her mind, I believe she was pretty much to the point of it's worth losing the, my life. And a chance of and a chance of freedom. living and a chance of freedom. Yeah. And, so with that said, now that whole picture painted, because that, that, that's a lot to really perceive. I think sometimes we read scriptures and we don't really think about. You got to paint pictures. Yeah. Okay, what's really going on? You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think we really think about like what's happening there. Or, yeah. You know, the context. Yeah. And it's, it's so easy to go over scriptures and go, well, this is what happened. No, that's not actually what was happening. You got to get the whole image in there and to, to really grasp the, you know, in this picture, if, if I guess if I would say desperation is probably the biggest word to use on this scripture here mm-hmm. so let's, let's go to mark it's mark chapter 5 verses verse 25 through 34 however it does kind of start halfway through verse 24 so i'm just going to just uh hit up with that so it says this a large crowd followed and pressed around him referring to jesus and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had yet instead of getting better she grew worse when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body she was, that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the, pow- that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing that what had happened to her, came and fell to his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. And we'll stop there. So, you know, even Jesus was kind of taken back by this. In, in the flesh form. Um, I think sometimes we don't, we don't see that. I, I think there's a point where we think that God can't be a little surprised. Yeah. But sometimes I think he takes pleasure in allowing himself to become surprised at times. Because we automatically assume that he knows every outcome, which yeah, he knows every outcome, but I feel like sometimes we shock him by changing the course of choosing the right path. And yeah. Or, or yeah, or, you know, or just, let's just, or let's just keep it simple. He was God in the flesh here. Yeah. He was man. True. I mean, you know, which is kind of hard. It's still hard. Really to hard to fathom. Man. I know. I I, I gave it's up. It's hard a long to wrap your head ago. around like, how that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, you know, but he's in. So Jesus is in the flesh, and you know, and because of guess it was flesh, he was able to be surprised. Yeah, which is like baffling you know? to think about somebody who's you know, yeah, able to predict everything. It is. So, but we're gonna have to leave it at that because there's no way to no way That's, to describe it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so so he's like he turns around amongst this crowd, and a lot of times these crowds were anywhere from fifty people to thousands. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many was around him. I'm going to and, assume a lot uh, yeah. by judging how they replied to him. Yeah. Probably the least thing, 500 plus. I mean, just guessing, you know, and but yeah. his disciples and, and, and their sarcasm, uh, uh, Jesus, there's a lot of people here. Um, what do you mean? Who touched you? Yeah. He's probably pushing <laughs> through a sea of people and everybody's just like grabbing at him, grabbing at him. Like what? Yeah. Dude, like, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, he, he's trying to get through the, he's trying to work his way through the crowd because he's got to get to Jarius's house because his, yeah. da- his daughter is passing away, which you'll later find out that his daughter did pass away. Yeah, but he raised her back up. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna, we're not going to get into that part of the scripture today. But the point is, is that you know he was moving through the crowd. So he was having people touch him left and right. Right, like, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, he was moving through the crowd. Impossible so not to rub shoulders. To ask who had touched me, they're like, uh, "Are you being like you being for real?" <laughs> ha ha ha! So funny. Let's go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but no, what happened there was is that you know Jesus Jesus realized something had left him. There there was the power which. This this particular scripture um, really presses the boundaries of things, and um, the elephant in the room in this scripture is is that this lady was able to touch Jesus and she received healing. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself did not lay hands on her. Jesus himself did not command and say, "Hey, you're be healed." No, um, he he did not do. It. So this particular scripture really goes against the grain of most other other uh, accounts, and you know so. But the one thing that remains in this is the act of faith. Um, you know, this 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 lady, you know, was just like, I don't want to intrude. If this, she's probably thinking, if this doesn't work, I don't want to know. I don't even know I was even here. Yeah, I I don't think she expected the outcome the way it happened though. It, my 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 opinion is, is I think she expected to touch him and then go home and maybe something happened and like, oh yeah, praise the Lord, I got I got healed. You know that sort of thing, like the effect. I don't. Know, I don't know that she really expected I don't know it immediately. She really expect. I don't know if she knew what she expected to happen. Period. I think she yeah. was just going out on totally a limb. And this is who they're calling the Messiah, right? Who heals? Right. She just kind of went out on a limb and said, "Well, I mean, she tried everything else. Maybe the thought process was, well, if they can touch me and I'm and I'm unclean and they can become unclean. Well, if I touch somebody who's clean, like the Messiah, maybe I'll become clean." Yeah, maybe that was the thought process and Being the mentality yeah. of an abuse victim who was saying, "If we touch you, you're going to make us unclean." What if the reverse could happen to her? Right. Maybe that's what she thought. Maybe. I mean, there, there's so many there's so many uh, insinuations that there's really no way of knowing. No. But, but again, painting this picture out, you know, there's a lot happening here. Oh yeah. I mean, this this is a total. I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of this is all in the mind. Oh yeah, that's definitely a mental battle. Yeah, this this was a real mental battle. This this there was nothing. There was nothing about this where it says, and she had to move hundred people out of her way, and she had to beg and plead, and she had to, none, none of that. Yeah, it, it was really her just getting there. And, and I can only imagine how hard it was to get through all them people. Not to mention if some people reckon there probably was people who recognized her and were probably yelling that that were in the midst of the crowd that everybody else wasn't paying attention to. Right. So she probably was dealing with people probably hitting her and slapping her when she's going through. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But nonetheless, she didn't make it there. <laughs> she did. Even without Jesus knowing she was there, yeah. I mean, that's what it says. You know, even with, even without him knowing she was there, she touched him. Power, power left Christ. Yeah, he felt that. So you know, which this script, this particular scripture, really changes the dynamic on the way that we should approach God. 
Um, and I'm not saying we should try to sneak because some. So I've I've read different commentaries on this, and somebody's like, "Well, she was trying to steal her blessing or steal or steal." No, I don't think so. I I honestly think she was trying to be humble in some ways because she didn't want to make a scene. She wanted to impose, like yeah. she wanted to be a burden. Yeah, she didn't want to make a scene. She didn't want to. She was like, "If I can just have this and and just disappear into the night." Look, I've already. She was so lonely already. Mm-hmm. She she was already abused the death of being alone. That's all she was thinking. If I can just be healed. This is where I can start. Yeah. You know, and maybe not be, maybe have a chance of life back again. She, she was not more than one step behind her next thought. I mean, there's no way. And that's why I say I don't think she fully knew what the outcome was going to be. She kind of was just winging it, you know? Yeah. Like straight, just straight faith. Yeah. That's it. Definitely. Hoping something yeah. would change, that there would be something that would break. Yeah, I, I tend to, I tend to agree with that. I mean, it just, I just don't know. I mean, it's better than what she was living before. Yeah, if and, anything had happened. And the worst thing could happen is if she would have done something and, and nothing happened, then she could have disappeared into the crowd and no one knew she was there and went back to the way she was. And right, you know. she could have just continued life how she was. Yeah, but she, she was also taking a major chance of being stoned to death. Yeah. For break for breaking these uh, laws. Right. You know, so death was definitely an option. Yeah, so this 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 was a large risk for her, and her crutch, if you will, going back to the, to the title of this, is the common crutch. The common crutch in humanity is is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, fear is the greatest enemy of any believer. It is the greatest enemy of those that aren't even believers in Christ. It is mankind's worst enemy. It's fear. Yep. Because because if, if you if we had no fear, I mean, you know, when you watch kids play and they don't know any better yet, they'll jump off things, run off things, do things that as an adult you're like, Whoa Ain't no way I'd try that. Yeah, but they don't there's no fear. Right. And and that fear sets in as it gets older because parameters start getting put in place. And those parameters and those rules and everything kind of dictate your your mentality. Well, what, what, what if I said that those parameters don't have to be there, per se? Now, I'm not saying breaking laws in terms of the land and all that stuff. I'm referring to living, you know, living right. without fear. Um, we, th- that topic in and of itself could go very deep. The um, That you're holding yourself back? Yeah. And, you know, so... You're your but worst uh, enemy. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I imagine if, if, if I had the eyes of God and looked down on mankind, how many people would I see be holding a coating on dearly to a crutch, if you will? Um, and keeping themselves from their greatest gifting and their greatest calling or whatever they're meant to be. You know, today we were we were talking uh, earlier outside the podcast about you know we're going by going by a graveyard, mm-hmm. and I said you know look at all those graves. Two generations from now, who remembers anybody? If you're lucky, three maybe three generations. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, who remembers anybody? You know, I mean, who who knows their who knows who their great 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 grandfather is? I mean, unless they were somebody super yeah. important, they all become unknown. They become unknown. Even and then midpoint, even presidents. Can you sit here and name every president? I can't. Nope. You know, I couldn't. And I'd have, I'd have to go memorize important people, and then they yet are still forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. So why live life in fear, or any anything that keeps you trapped inside of a cage as though the doors open, mm-hmm. but yet you stay inside a cage? Why, why do that when, at, in the end of the day, the only thing that matters, the, the only one that's going to remember you and I, even after this life is going, honestly, is just God. Right. You know, it's just Him. And to me, that, 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 that is the 
got to be the worst part of possibly if you find yourself in hell, knowing that the only one that could remember you no longer does. Absolute loneliness and isolation and your life didn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's what this lady was going through. Yeah. I mean, the pain, you know, she was living basically, a, yeah. she was uh, living yeah. a living hell, just not Literally. the hell, but living a living hell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so she had to, she had to make a choice. She had that one opportunity where the, where the Messiah was walking by her or in, or in her proximity. And she's like, I got to do something about this. I've had enough. And, you know, if, if you talk to anybody, if you talk to anybody that's dealing with anybody that's going through drug addiction or alcoholism or any of that nature, mm-hmm. It don't matter how many programs you throw at them, don't matter how many times you talk to them, until that person makes up their, their mind that they want to change course, nothing's going to happen. Nothing changes. changes. You see, and and that and that's what. But there's again, it's fear. You're you're so yeah. you're so you're so conditioned, and so used to uh, what has become normal that you're afraid to walk outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, change. You know, change. Afraid to change. Yeah, you know, and. You know, I see that same fear uh, in the world as much as I do in the body of Christ. Oh, yeah. You know, so it, it's universal. Fear is definitely something that's completely universal. Universal. So she's a, so let's look at the end result here. Jesus Jesus turned around. His disciples sarcastically like, hey, okay, you know, sure. But, but she didn't just disappear at that point. Conviction set in. Mm-hmm. She realized something very, very real happened. It was more than just her getting healed. Something right. really changed. Something there, there's there, there was an exchange, I believe, happened there, and that exchange was this: Jesus, Jesus, his very essence, his virtue, healed her because her faith requested it, and in exchange, her fear was taken. So, and that's why Jesus later in verse three four said, "You know, daughter." Notice he, what he called her. Daughter, mm-hmm. he didn't say friend. He didn't say woman, or he didn't say you know whatever. If she had a name, he said right. daughter. He immediately uh, called her a family member. Mm-hmm. There, there is an immediate exchange. See, something very big and very powerful happened without anybody physically being able to see it. Right, and yeah, spiritually, right, it was a very spiritual thing. And and he said, "Your faith has healed you." He didn't. He didn't say, "Hey, I healed you." Mm-mm. He actually took, your faith. She took the action. Now, listen. I'm not saying that. I'm not time. saying that our faith alone can heal us. I don't want somebody out there calling me a heretic saying that. No. Oh, you're you're saying that we're gods. We can heal ourselves. No. I'm saying that there is a currency in the spiritual world. That currency is faith exchanges for God's. Well, there's a givings. requirement of something that you have to do. Yes. But, Which I like I said could be a whole other that could yeah. be a whole other thing. And faith yeah. overrides fear. Uh-huh. I mean it overrides. It, it there's does. An, there's an exchange of currency there. Mm-hmm. It's just not dollar signs. It's something right. else. You know, and so he's like he's like, daughter, you know, he's like, daughter, your faith has healed you. And then he says, Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Which is very significant. Now, Jesus didn't heal her per se, although the healing came from him. But what he did give, and what he did give to her, because she came back and she humbled herself and said, "This is what I. This is why I did this." And he and she she laid out her reasoning. I mean, she she was probably she was she was trembling. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, it, it, yeah, I she couldn't. was every everything she used. 
Her 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 fear went to a different level that day. I mean, she she because went at from, that point she was probably fearing what the outcome would be for her decision because all she knows is that if you touch somebody, you're probably going to get scolded, possibly killed. So even though she knew that this was the individual who could save her in a sense, it could heal her, she still was fearful from that abuse mentality that it could be backlash. Right, and I, and I'll take this one step further. What's the what's the power probability that maybe just maybe. Um, she felt like she, she took something. Which that's, yeah, that's a good point too. And then when she found out that, imagine, so, so imagine. It wasn't hers. Imagine you're starving. You have no money. You're expended, which is pretty much what's happening here. But you're, but you're hungry. Mm-hmm. You know stealing is wrong. But you see, you see a stand full of fruit that somebody's selling. Mm-hmm. You've got to eat or you're going to die. But you know it's wrong, but you're going to take it anyways. And they don't see you, you got away with it for a day. But in this case, Jesus called it out and said, Whoa, something happened here. Yeah. So she that that's that's why theologians think that she that's why they use the term she tried to steal her blessing, which she didn't. You can't steal what's not readily I mean, if it's free it was freely given. That's why he said your faith healed you. In other words, in other words, he's like, first off, I'm gonna correct you two ways. One, you're my daughter. Two, you didn't steal anything. Your faith it was already yours. It was already yours. That's why I use the analogy of it's a it's like a cage with an open door. Mm-hmm. It's already yours to leave, but we stay choose not to. Yeah, because we are bound by fear to stay inside. Mm-hmm. And here, here you have, and then, but to 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 finish it, he tells her, "Go in peace, and be freed." From your suffering. See, her suffering was her suffering wasn't just her condition of blood. Her freedom was not for, for being was not for being healed for her. See, here's the thing: she could have left her that day healed in the body, but she wasn't freed from her suffering. Right. But he finished it by her coming back and saying, "Look, you're not only are your is your body healed, but now your mentality will be freed as well. Your spirit being will be freed as well." Yeah. Because she got her physical healing, but then she needed spiritual healing. Yes. So Jesus, Jesus finished it. And in some ways, I guess you could be a little sarcastic and go, you know, and Jesus, you know, maybe in his mind thinks all these people, they, they just, they just want these uh, healings in their body, but they don't realize they need also a spiritual healing. I'm sure he thought it. I mean, to be called daughter by the Messiah to the literal sense in the flesh, she didn't know him. And you could say that he didn't know her. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, but yet he called her daughter. I mean, right. that's pretty personal. It's very personal. And, you know, and then turn around and be told, oh, by the way, I know you got your healing, but there's more. There's more. And and, yours. And man, how many, I, I can't stress this, how many Christians are out there that choose to stay inside of an open door cage? Why? Get away from the fear. Break it. It's all an illusion. It's an illusion. It's a tactic of the of the of the devil himself, you know. It, it it's not meant to be. You're meant to be free from your suffering. You're meant you're meant to be you're, you're meant to be in peace. You're mm-hmm. meant. Listen, the, oh, let me bring this up because I hate. What I'm about to say there's very few things you'll hear me say that I hate. But when I say I hate, I mean this to the literal, absolute sense. I hate when people say, "Well, I'm going I'm going through a hard time, so it must be it must be the will of God." No, it is not always the will of God if you're going through a hard time and suffering. That is a lie from hell, mm-hmm. plain and simple. 
because Jesus wants you to live. He said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. And nothing about that statement says that you have to go through suffering. Now, there are con there are things along this road along the road. It can be consequences. There, there, are, there are points along the narrow way that yes, it's difficult. Yeah. There will be moments of suffering. But your life, your entire life is not meant to suffer. No. So a lot of times it could be from your own actions though too. Yeah. We bring 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 stuff on ourselves. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that goes back to the cage thing. Now, there are things right. we can't control. You know, there, there's, yes. there could be people listening to us right now. It's like, well, Ryan, I have cancer and I'm suffering. And yes, yeah, tough. That might be true. But listen, I've been I've been to multiple places where people have cancer and yeah, they're suffering. But their spiritual outlook is bright. And they're like, you know what? I don't care what happens. I'm, I'm still. Yeah. They're physically suffering, but yes. they're spiritually thriving. Yes. Big difference. And that and that in itself is a huge difference of some of, of most cancer survivors. If you if you talk to cancer survivors, you'll find out that a lot of times they're the ones that are keeping a bright outlook, constantly uh, constantly going towards the positive. Thankful to be alive. Yeah, grateful to still be alive. You know, and, and they end up walking out of their cages. And it took I, I don't want to say it took cancer to do it, but there are times it took cancer for people to walk out of the illusion of but, fear. Yeah, desperate me- desperate times, desperate crutch. measures. Yeah, the crutch. You know, and you know, I can't say I've been there with that, so no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend to know. Yeah. But at the same time, there are other things in my own life that I've been through that I look back on and say, "Man, I'm glad God made it clear pushed, that I could walk out of that thing." Yeah. Pushed you right through. You know, yeah, I was in it, but I didn't have to stay there. Right. That's the difference. There, there are pastors. You know, there are pastors out there that preach preach that junk that I just said earlier, week after week. You know. Well, you know, if you're going, you're going through something, you're going through something, you know, always talking negative. I mean, so much negative preaching. It drives me crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, it's but, toxic. but I absolutely hate the mentality of, well, if I'm not, if I'm, if it's not, if I'm not suffering something, that means I'm not in God's will. Wrong. Yeah, that's not true at all. That is not true. You know, yes, you're going to have hard times in this lifetime being human. Yes, there will be problems. Yes, there is not going to be always be a bed of roses. However, if Jesus could say, daughter, your faith is healed, go in peace and be free from your suffering, he certainly can say that to the rest of us. Exactly. So. Oh, crap. I'm not suffering. I'm not in God's will. Yeah. That's, that's a horrible that's a, way of living. That's terrible. That is such a negative faith. <sighs> negative. And we'll have, we'll have, we'll have a podcast on that one someday too. But, but yeah. you know, we cannot, we cannot live in a negative faith. You know, what if she never, if she, she, if she would just, you, whatever you believe is where you stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to just throw that in. You know, wherever you believe is, is where you stay. And if you believe in your circumstance more than where you could be, then you're going to stay there. It'll never change. Yep. I, I can't have friends like that, honestly. If, if there, there's been people in my life where I had to distance myself from because... It's where you put yourself in a box. Yeah, they... Yep. Uh, this is what I know. I can't think past this. Uh, the way I, it's I, always been. I, I can't know anything new, try anything new. Yeah. No. The way it's always been. I'm comfortable here. Yep, can't change. You know, it'll always be the same and never gonna change. Yeah, I no, just how it is, till we die and get to heaven one day. Yeah, I mean, I may have, I may have all the answers as to how to get somewhere, but I always know where to turn. And what I mean by that is, is God, you know what the path is from here to get to that point. I don't, but I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna believe you're gonna show me. Right. You know, and 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 that's what happened that day with this woman. Right. You know, so there was there was choices in her life that led up to where she's at now, even with having the, the, uh, condition of blood, 
you know, she didn't just wake up one day and say, this is it, I'm done. I don't think. I, I think there was many decisions that led up to her realizing that this is who she needed to touch to be healed. Right. It wasn't an overnight thing. What I'm saying is she just woke up and said she was done. Right. I don't think, personally. Right. You know, so, I mean, I, I, there's not much more to talk about there. I'm going to cut off there because there, there is yeah, a, the next... Of... Yeah, there is the next story of uh, of Jarius and his daughter, what happened there, and that kind of breaks off. So I encourage anybody listening to go read the rest of the chapter. Uh, you're going to find out that there's a very similar scenario happening, kind of in an opposite way with uh, Jarius and his daughter. Um, but it comes down to the faith. faith. And if it was up to the people around, uh, around the, his daughter that died, then the daughter would have never came back to yeah, life. Yeah, she would have stayed. She would have been dead. Yeah, she would have been dead. So again, negative, negative belief. Mm-hmm. They they believe, and what the first thing Jesus did was told them to all get out of the house. Bye. Yeah, he's like, okay, all everybody you, out. <laughs> I want to focus on you. Yeah, everybody you out. Believe. Yeah, because he's like, he knew. Yeah, You're not like gonna... she's only sleeping people. It's ridiculous. You and that's why it's so important who your friend group is. But that's a whole other topic. Oh, I'm telling you, I, th- I think we just talked about three more podcasts in one series here. Yeah, I mean, I mean like... <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, the content never ends. But but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it right there. Um, you know, so if, if you you know, if anybody could put anything on their wall right now that's going through something, is take verse thirty four, print it out in large words, tape it on a mirror somewhere that you see every day when you look into it, especially if you're female. You know, if you're female, this works out really well. If you're not, replace the word daughter with son. It, it doesn't matter because and oh you're changing the scriptures. No, I'm not because you only use the word daughter there because of the person in front of them. Um, you know, exactly. So you put the word son there and say, you know, son, your faith, the daughter, your faith has healed you. So the question that you have to ask every day is when you wake up, where is your faith? I don't care if your faith doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. The question is, where is your faith? Right. Because it's not the progression of faith yeah. as much as it's what is faith doesn't always mean it's going to happen the moment you do it. No. But what it does mean is it's going to put you on that road towards that direction. And she didn't get to Jesus by just suddenly being there. She had to walk. That's what I'm saying. Probably, you know, and the other thing is too, it probably wasn't easy for her to walk either. No, I'm sure it wasn't. You know, when you when you when you're lacking, notice how far she walked to get there either, or where, where she traveled from. Right. Lord, it could have been when you're when you're like when you're lacking blood, you lack energy. You, yeah. You, you, you know, you you lack you lack a willpower. You lack a drive. Drive. I mean, everything. There's so many things that are wrong when you have you blood. Faint, di- pass out, all yeah. the above. And if there's anybody listening right now that's had blood disorders or is dealing with a blood disorder, you know what I'm talking about. I've seen it. You know. Oh yeah. It, it's not a fun place to be. And you know the, um, you know. So I, I I encourage anybody to take that verse and print it out. Daughter, son, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. You do not need to be. In Leave that place, your personal torture that you choose to stay in, in a sense. Listen, I, I'm not sure if what I'm about to say is going to make sense to everybody. We'll say, anyways, if we are saved from hell, why try to live in one here? I'm not sure if I can put that any any clearer. Uh, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I don't know how I put that any more clear. Why? You know, so faith, faith is can life be like hell though? Yes. yes. Not from our own doing? Absolutely. Yeah. But we don't have to stay there. But once again, there are things that we put onto ourselves as well that we don't realize that right. we have control over to say enough is enough. Yeah. But that's where the faith comes in. Exactly. See, it's a full circle. It, it keeps going around and around on itself. You can't, you can't break it. It's like, it's almost like a universal knowing. So, I mean, as, as soon as, as soon as you realize, oh, I do have faith. I just need to direct it. Right. Instead of negative, I need properly to properly use it. Yeah, I need, instead of negative, I need to throw it to the positive. Instead of a, 
instead of condescending, maybe I need to be more uplifting, you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. I mean, right. you know, it, it comes down, guess what? It comes down to a person's individual decision and come to find out that you never got what you needed because you were your own blockade. That's kind of messed up. Ooh, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow one day for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially find that out, you know, in Judgment Day or whatever. Yeah. No, you were your own barrier. Uh, you were your hurdle. own barrier. Yeah. You, you, were your own, you, were, you were your public enemy number one all by yourself. And this is what you could have done, but you chose to live in this. So you got to live for the rest of eternity with knowing. knowing that you are the one that stopped yourself. Yeah, I used to. I used to say. Yeah, I used. To, what I'm about to say, I used to say a lot. Whenever I was teaching uh, children and teenagers, whatever you, whatever you choose not to do now, you'll never be able to make up for in eternity. Right. Because it's past. It's over. It's gone. Mm-hmm. You had your chance. You chose not to do it. Imagine. First off, this scripture would have never been written. Because no one's going to write. Oh, there was a lady there, but she chose not to see Jesus, so she didn't get healed. That there's no scriptures like that anywhere. No. The only ones that are written are the ones, this is what happened that day. Who followed through. This is what happened. Yeah, who followed through. I want to be one of those that, hey, he followed through. Yeah. He, he he walked past the fear. There probably was plenty of potential stories that could have been added, but weren't because there are people that still made the decision to stay in their cage. Yeah, stay in I'm sure cage. there was probably hundreds of them that decided, if not thousands, that decided to stay in their cage. We only see the ones that went outside the box and decided, I want to be free. Yeah, I kind of wonder, if, you know, I know we said we're going to call this the common crutch. But I wonder if I shouldn't say the, con- the common crutch and getting out of your cage. Yeah, I mean, that might be a better title. We might might actually label it something like that here in the end when we go to do the editing. But yeah, yeah, but, you know, I that's really that's really about the gist of what I can get out of there. Verse 34 being the pinnacle point um, is very important. Yep. Um, again, I can't stress that enough. If you're going through something uh, or you're dealing with something in life that just is beyond your control. Cause that's what was going on here. It's beyond human control. Oh yeah. She, 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 she there's nothing left. Yeah. She didn't ask for it and there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And you know, so all you can do is stand on faith and literally say, Jesus, God, Holy spirit. I know you call me daughter. I know you call me son. And I believe you're going to do something about this and just stand on faith. And this isn't another cliche, you know, this isn't no. another, and you know, and, 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 oh, and can I just add one more deal here? Well, I'm going to add one Go more. Ahead. One more. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like offending a, I feel like offending people today. And Me every yeah, day I wake up. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I just really feel like, because I'm about to say it's going to be very offensive, and I, I, it just needs to happen. Well, Guess happened. what? This didn't happen in a church. Oh, snap. I went there. This didn't happen in church. They were out in the crowd. This is the middle of nowhere. I don't know Outside what street theory. I can't remember what street theory. Four walls. This, they, were, they weren't at an altar. I don't altar. know if they she, say what street she, they're on. I don't, they, yeah. This, she wasn't even at an altar. She wasn't at it. She didn't have 50 people around to pray for her. It wasn't even a church service. It wasn't even a church service. It was just a... There was no, there was no anointing oil. I mean, I mean, every, every, every possible level of religion was, no, was not there. There was no prayer. As a matter of fact, it was so opposite. She she took it from Jesus in a way. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's hey, no, there's no extensive prayer that was given of repetition. Uh, yeah, there was no prayer at all healing. here. Oh Lord, please heal. The, 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 only thing, the only thing that came close to prayer was I just gotta get close enough to touch him. Yeah, and that, and that was just an action, basically. I mean, yeah, I mean that, yeah, that's going to upset somebody out there, and I'm glad it did. But anyways, because yeah, I, I just yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get so tired. I get so tired of yeah. so religion. Yeah, I mean, Same. you know, and this is kind of a side side note, but you know, if we're if you're in public and you see somebody that needs something like that, and you know that, and and there and the opportunity, there's been a few times in my life where it's like talking to somebody, I was like, you know, what, can I just pray for you right now, right here? Mm-hmm. And I do. 
you know, and, 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 you know, or, you know, somebody, um, it's some, sometimes the weirdest things happen. Okay. As a computer IT person. Okay. Now this, this is a strange thing. There, there are times I walk in and a person having a problem. As soon as I walk in, all of a sudden the problem just vanishes for no reason whatsoever. And they're like, well, this was doing this. I'm like, yeah, it kind of has that effect at times. Like, what do you mean? I said, I'm the guy that fixes it. Therefore, for whatever reason, it just decided to be fixed. Now, if, if, if now when you, when you take that into perspective, you're like, wait a minute, I go there with an expectation to fix the computer. I go there with a, with a faith like, yeah, I'm going to, it's going to get fixed. Right. Okay. Well, Jesus is the same way. He, he just lived, you know, the expectation of, look, I'm, I know I am. I know I am. And well, that's a whole I know it goes itself. with me. <laughs> Who's your, what's your identity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, you know, we have a lot of branch offs. But, but that, but that's what happened here. No, just, no, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm just saying. This I mean, is, geez, like, why, why we, why we have to put ourselves behind four walls, thinking, well, I just make it to Sunday, or I make it to the next church service. I'm glad we have some church, or yeah, you know, glad we have some church, or, or or if I go to this certain tent meeting, or I go to this certain uh, certain revival, or this that that's where that's where this prayer, that's where God this. is going to meet me right there. I mean, yeah, if that's your faith, I guess go for it. But I really feel like you're how much limiting more, God, very limiting God. How much more powerful is it if you just say, God, I'm right here, just you and me? I mean, well, you're I need you fully admitting that God is capable of anything. Going to a church and trying to meet God in church solely in church is saying that He's only limited and allowed to be in one potential place. Right. Whereas by you in faith saying I'm right here in my house or street or grocery store is by you saying that, oh, that's right. God is God and he can do whatever he wants. Right. Now, somebody out there is probably saying, but it says with two or three. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it didn't say it didn't say in a church. It didn't say in a church. Now, I'm not saying not go to church either. I mean, we, no. you know, we attend church. But right. that, that's that's not the point. Two or three are gathered in his name, by the way. Yeah, in his name. Very different. All those people were gathered in his name that day at the crowd, by the way, in that crowd. Exactly. I'm just saying, they weren't there for any other reason but his name. And his um, name all it means is in the mindset of that you know who you're praying to. Right. Who you're putting your faith into. Yeah. At the same exact time, same place. I, I just... I just that's all it is. Yeah. You know, if, if, that, if that isn't one of the pinnacles of Dove's Edge is to expose religion. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, we're really... Yeah. I think between Have the two of us... Have you caught that yet? Yeah. Out there? <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would think between the two of us... Yeah. If you haven't caught it but yet, this is what, episode 11, I think. Um, if you haven't caught that by now, then, well, there you go. <laughs> it's right out there for you. We just said it. You're, you're welcome. Yeah, there it is. Um, you know, and, and this isn't, and this isn't about bitterness or, or being, or, you know, being burned and it had nothing to it's do that. It's tired of people putting God in the box. Yeah. Putting God in the box. Um, that's my easy way. When you it. read the scriptures as they are, you've got to see what's really happening. And this is, this is our point right here. Uh-huh. What was really happening in real life was this person was in the middle of the street somewhere. Right. Walking with a huge crowd. I mean that'd be the likeness of if we were at a um, at a big rally and there'd be a lot of people there and you find out that a certain person's there and you're like oh, I gotta get to that person mm-hmm. and you do um, and you know so I, I, yeah I just I'm, I'm done with religion I know Jesus never intended Jesus never intended for religion nope he didn't want it um, the only thing he wanted was simple you know <laughs> love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbors yourself that's what he wanted. Religion was not created by God. No, it was not. Public service announcement. Yeah. Now, the one argument to that would be, well, what about the temple? What about the, well, you know what? The Israelites were um, very good at not following simple rules. So he set a whole bunch of parameters around them so they couldn't keep up with it. 
then that's where you get all the laws of Moses. They find out that they, no matter how much they do, then it never would it never would achieve. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus comes along and, and simplifies it by saying, "Well, all you have to do is come back to the Father. It's just through forgiveness. That's it. Love." He made it so simple, ridiculously simple. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a rhyme and reason for everything, but man, I think we mentioned about five different possible podcasts all this one episode. But oh yeah, um, you know the um, that could be further explored. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to add to this before we wrap I it up? I think we've added a good <laughs> amount to this one. Yeah, um, I got I got good. a little got a little heated there in the end. I said, but I'm glad be, you pulled up the religion part. Yeah, though, yeah, but it needs to be. It needs to be. Yeah, it needs to be. I mean, you know, people just, you know, talk about being stuck in a cage. Religion. Yeah, religion stuck in a cage. That yeah. is the ultimate stuck in a cage, if you ask me. I think so. I think you're right um, because that encapsulates the entire world to a degree. Yeah, because if you're if you're in a single pattern. Over and over, like a single pattern, over and over, yeah. going through the same thing over and over, and yet you're just waiting for a different result. That that is the same thing as insanity. Of you know, it's mental insanity. Yeah, it's, it's it total mental insanity, and all to be living a lie your entire yeah. time. So go in peace and be free from your suffering. Exactly. So if Jesus was teaching like this, and yet that's not what we're getting. You know, and I say, and I don't mean we as you and I, but you know, as a body of Christ. Yeah. If the body of Christ is not getting that, and that means it's anti-scripture, really. So what are you really listening to on a week-to-week basis? Exactly. So if you're, so I'll go this far. Um, if you're in a place that is constantly teaching, you have to do this and you have to do that in order to become a better person, and it seems like it's works and it's, and it's constant uh, laws and. Constant things you have to live up to. Do this, do this, do, do this. Yeah, you got a whole bunch of do and do not list kind of stuff, or or high expectations. I'm telling you, you're you're you are right next to the, there. There's a there's a slight borderline between somebody that is still a Christian and an occult leader. And it's a very very fine line. very fine line. very fine line. I'm not going into that today, but there's a very fine line. I do encourage you if you're in a place like that, whether it's a church or it's a group or it's friends. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything. It yeah. can be anything, you know, reevaluate yourself because whoever you're around the most is who you're going to become like. Exactly. You know, and sometimes waking up out of that is rough. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. And breaking away from that kind of stuff is even worse. But if you want true freedom, there desperate from times, religion. desperate measures. You know, um, you know, I, which technically we both could probably personally say, oh yeah, breaking free from religion. That is a tough thing to do. It is a tough thing to do, but it's a necessary thing to do. It is. And, you know, um, if I were, if I were to talk to pastors around the world right now, I think what I would say is if you don't want to be like that, then learn to be as free as Jesus. And that means when you're, when your sermons don't go right, don't worry about it. Yeah. When the live stream doesn't run right, don't worry about it. When uh, you know, when when uh, when churches closed for a Sunday because you had some weather, inclement weather or something like that, don't worry about it. You know, stuff because, that's out of your control. Yeah, stuff that's let out of control. Go. Yeah, let it go because the moment that you're so worried about control, you are you are you are encaptivated by something other than God. Fear. Fear. Yep. It all goes back to fear. That's. It's not all ties to. <laughs> I mean, you can't prove this wrong. You're fearful. I mean, you want to be blunt. Like I mean, yeah. Tithings and stuff and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. Worried about how you're going to be able to pay for the bills for the church and stuff. It's like, at that point, you used to come to fear. Yeah, fear. Worrying, worrying. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, there, and you know, and some, some would say, well, you don't understand. You know, you don't, you're not in this position. You're not, you know what? 
I don't care if I'm not in that position because all I see is a demonstration of fear in front of me. And the fear, last I checked, is fear is not of God. God is not yeah. giving me a spirit of fear. You know, you know, I, I don't operate in fear. Exactly. You know, there, we're living in a world, in case you missed it for the last several years, um, we're living in a world full of fear right now. And we need people that are willing to step through the crowd and bring the miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't say what I want to say entirely due to certain censorships. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and not that I'm afraid to, I'm just trying to keep our podcast on the air here. Correct. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I just don't want to cross that line. Not this early. And, um, False information. it'd be nice one day if we can have a place where we can put our podcast out that wouldn't censor so much, uh, we'll do that. But for those that can read between the lines, you know, there are, there are things that, you know, are happening that are entrenched in fear. So if you would just. See the common crutch. The common denominator. Yeah, the common crutch, the common denominator. If you would see that, it's time to get out of the cage. Mm-hmm. The door is open. God never sealed it. See, only God can shut and close the door. You know, but the but the enemy can make an illusion the door's closed. Yep. And it's not. Now, I'm going to stop there. I think I might have said that once already, but you know how it is. So, I'm going to stop there and call it done and just remind everybody, um, you know, the... Uh, to, we have info at dovesedge.com. Want to email us? Yep. Any uh, comments, you know, questions, anything about any of that nature? Yeah. Uh, Facebook page, Dove's Edge, YouTube channel, Dove's Edge. It's basically Dove's Edge everywhere. Uh, you can listen to the audio versions on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, uh, Stitch, uh, iHeartRadio. You name it for the most part, you can pretty much find it. Yep. Uh, simple Google search. Um, and yeah, don't forget to uh, share around so other people can hear this. You know, it's kind of the whole point. We just kind of anybody. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and like for did it today. If if you know somebody that you yeah know, that's living in a world of fear, they need to hear this message. Stuck please in a cage. Send them an email with this link, or or share or share it to them. You know, send or them a message, or whatever. Text it, whatever. Do something. You know, spread the word. You know, people don't need to live in fear. Exactly. So. So. Well. All right. Till next episode. Take care.